Welcome to Grace and Glory Audio featuring Pastor P.G. Matthew, Bible teacher and pastor of Grace Valley Christian Center located in Davis, California. Today, Pastor Matthew continues in the Bible series on the book of Romans with part two of this message entitled, The Glory of the Gospel. If you have your Bible with you, please turn to Romans chapter 1, verse 16. Now, here's our teacher, Pastor P.G. Matthew. Let us pray, Heavenly Father, we delight in you. We glory in you. You are our life. You are our pleasure. Deliver us, O Lord, from the fallacy that we find pleasure in the world and misery in God. Yes, there is pleasure in the world. It is pleasure of sin for a season. But in you, O God, we find eternal pleasures. Help us to be wise, to discover joy, life, peace, hope, pleasure in you and in your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Help us to exercise our mind that we may understand the gospel and glory in the gospel and live the gospel and proclaim the gospel and delight in the gospel. In Jesus' name, amen. His name is Jesus for he would save his people from their sins. And he saves us by his life and death. And on the third day, he will rise from the dead. So we say, Christ lived for me. Christ died for me. And Christ lives for me. And Christ is the author of the gospel of our salvation. Christ is our life, our hope, our peace, our joy. Christ is our mediator. Christ is our representative. Christ is our intercessor. Christ is our king. Christ is our high priest. Christ is everything for me. So we want to consider again the gospel of our salvation from the text, Romans 1, 16 and 17. And if you read the first volume on Romans by Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones, he gives four chapters for the exposition of these two verses, about 53 pages of it. Paul said, I am a debtor to the whole world. I owe the world the gospel. He said, I'm eager to preach the gospel in Rome, the capital city of the Roman Empire. And then he said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. And he gives reasons in these two verses. And I believe that we have considered four of them last Sunday. Because he experienced what the gospel promises. 
It was not a theory for him. He was saved by the gospel. Second, it is the gospel that is is the good news. In the midst of all bad news of the world, there is the good news. Thirdly, it deals with salvation from God's wrath, from sin and from death, from the world and from hell. That's exactly what it is speaking about. And fourth, it is God's salvation. Not man's homemade salvation that promises but not fulfills. All religions except Christianity speak of homemade salvation that cannot save anybody. There is a salvation, God's salvation, that is revealed in the gospel. God promises to save and he unleashes his power toward you that it may save you. It is not making salvation possible, but it is a gospel that saves you. And more than that, we consider certain other reasons why we should not be ashamed of the gospel, but glory in it. And live it and proclaim it. Paul is not ashamed of the gospel because it is dunamis you, power of God. Dynamite, but not dynamite that destroys, but dynamite of God that saves you. Also because it does not discriminate. It saves everyone. And beyond that, the gospel reveals. Gospel is not the result of man's search and research and discovery. It is God's gracious revelation to us, miserable sinners, that we may be saved. And not only that, in the gospel, righteousness of God is revealed. When you unpack the gospel, you discover righteousness of God. Righteousness from God. A right standing which God gives to me, which I need it. I'm all on righteousness. But the gospel opens and it contains that which I need. To stand before God and to enjoy His presence forevermore. And not only that, this righteousness is received not by human merit, but by faith, sola fide. Nothing in my hand, I pray. Come, a sinner. Jesus saves only sinners. If anyone is ashamed of the gospel, if I am not giving witness to Jesus Christ, either I am not saved by him, or I consider gospel inferior to what the world can give me. That is, we respect the 
fallen world and its glory more than the glory of the fullness of the blessing eternal of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. May we ever be proud of the gospel because what it truly is it is salvation. It is righteousness of God. It promises to give us what we really need. So let us look at I'm not ashamed of the gospel for it is the power of God. St. Paul says God did not give us a spirit of fear timidity but a spirit of power. And Jesus said you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost is come upon you and you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and to the uttermost part of the earth. It is the power of God. It is the power of the Holy Ghost. Virgin Mary asked the angel, how can this be? I have not known a man. The Holy Ghost shall come upon you, and the power of the Most High shall overshadow you. God, mighty God, will do it. His power will accomplish it. His power created the universe, sustains the universe. Mighty God of mighty power, we serve. Turn with me to Ephesians chapter 1. St. Paul is praying. That the eyes of the understanding of the Ephesians may be enlightened that they may know something. Ephesians 1 beginning with verse 18. I pray also the eyes of your heart be enlightened in order that you may know. Verse 19. His incomparably great power for us. Who believe that power is like the working of his mighty strength which he exercised in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. The power that causes the dead to be made alive. Ephesians 2 and verse 5 raised us up and seated us in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus power sir look at chapter 3 of Ephesians verse 7 I became a servant of this gospel by the gift of God's grace given me through the working of his mighty power mighty power Ephesians 3 and verse 20 Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power. There is at work within us. Holy Ghost within us. Power within us. We are powerful people, sir. To resist the devil and he shall flee from us, sir. 
Don't come and tell me you did it again. Why don't you put up a fight by the power of the spirit that is within you? Power. And let me tell you, God's power overcomes all sinful resistance and all spiritual and moral inability in us. Power saves. Whenever the gospel is proclaimed, let me tell you that God's power is unleashed and God's power succeeds in saving his people. Even now, even today, he will save you. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 18. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved. It is, that is the gospel. The message of the cross is the power of God. And look at verse 24 of 1 Corinthians. But to those whom God has called both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God. The message is the power of God. Because Christ, the power of God. Where the gospel is preached, the power of Christ is present. The power of the Holy Ghost is present. And it is directed toward you to save you. Gospel is not about God's power. It is God's power. Turn with me to chapter 8 to Romans and listen to this. Therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus because through Christ Jesus the law of the spirit of life set me free from the law of sin and death for what the law was powerless to do. In that it was weakened by the sinful nature God did by sending his own son. But our self-righteousness could not do. God did it. God saves us. God saves sinners. I say it is dunamis theu. Power of God in action. When the gospel is proclaimed. And it is in action right now sir. Right now it is in action. To save you sir. And to strengthen you. It is gospel is God's saving power. His power planned redemption. His power accomplished redemption in Jesus on the cross. And his power applies that redemption to every elected sinner by the operation of the spirit of the living God. And turn with me to the book of John. And let us find out this operation of God's power, chapter 6 of John and verse 44. And let me read it to you. No one can come to me. Moral inability. No one can come to me. A sinner is a rebel. He runs away from God. He's not going to God. No one can come to me. No one has the ability to come to me. No one can come to me unless the Father 
who sent me what draws him and sir when he draws you he draws you by his omnipotence and you come and you confess and you call upon the name of the lord and you are saved sir john 6 verse 65 he went on to say this is why i told you that no one can come to me unless the father has enabled him is the power of god and john 12 and verse 32 not only the father draws christ draws 1232 but i when i am lifted up from the earth will draw all men to myself hallelujah father draws Christ draws, Holy Spirit draws, and we come, hallelujah, and we are saved, we are set free, we are forgiven, we are justified, we are adopted, hallelujah. Christians, why don't you think about this power of God that can help you in your daily life, and as you meet with all temptations, hallelujah. Turn with me to the book of Isaiah, and let's let's see whether God is able to save us by the proclamation of the word. Isaiah fifty-five, verse ten, and and verse eleven: Ask the rain and the snow come down from heaven, and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud. and flourish so that it it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater so is my word that goes out from my mouth it will not return to me empty but will accomplish what i desire and achieve the purpose for which i send it and when we preach the gospel the purpose for which it is sent is to save you to heal you to strengthen you to drive out your depression and misery turn with me to first thessalonians in chapter 1 and verse 5 listen to this language of saint paul because our gospel came to you not simply with words powerless not simply with words but also what with power with the holy spirit and with deep conviction the gospel comes with power yeah. gospel saves you in chapter 2 of verse 13 of the same book and we also thank god continually because when you received the word of god which you heard from us you accepted it not as the word of men but as it actually is the word of god which is at work in you who believe gospel is god's omnipotent power directed to save us I had a man who came to this church years ago an accomplished man with a doctorate from Stanford an educated atheist 
And he was listening to me and he was fuming. Breathing out fire and anger and misery. But the gospel saved him. It overcomes all our resistance and inabilities. It saves. And it saved the chief of sinners, St. Paul. And Jesus was going the village of Nain, and we were there in Nain in Israel, and he saw a funeral procession. A young man died. No father, and the mother is grieving. Poor widow is being taken out for burial. Luke speaks about it in Luke 7. And Jesus came by. And he said, this young man, I say to you, get up. And he got up. Gospel, sir, is the power of God. And John tells us about Lazarus, buried, friend of Jesus, buried. And it's the fourth day. He stings. Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. Hallelujah. I am the resurrection and the life. And he cried out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he came forth, sir. Bound yet came forth. Supernatural deliverance. And Jesus said, loose him and let him go. God raises the dead. Dead in sins and trespasses. And read chapter 2 of Ephesians 1 through 10. We are told about dead people ruled by evil spirit, disobedient people, objects of God's wrath. And God made them alive, raised them up, seated them in the heavenly places to rule with Christ. I am speaking about you, sir, what the word can do to you. You don't have to go out in your misery and depression and in your death. In this place rather than in other places. Because here we preach the gospel. The power of God and the salvation. Paul is not ashamed of the gospel. It is the power of God. And he's ready to go to Rome. Rome conquered the world. Rome is known for power. Yet it was a slave to sin. Study the lives of Caesars and senators and you will find they were slaves of sin. <laughs> Sir, I tell you, friends, it's the power of God. The power of the gospel sets sinners free. It is omnipotence. It is supernatural power. It is a saving power of God. It regenerates you. It justifies you. It sanctifies you. It glorifies you. He restores you to commune with God forever and ever. Have you experienced this power? 
Then let us praise God. Then let us be proud of the gospel. Let us live this gospel. Let's boldly proclaim this gospel. If you have not experienced the saving power, I say cry out to God. Call upon God. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ who fulfilled all God's law in behalf of us by his life and by his death and by his resurrection. He will save you. He will save you fully. He will save you now. The vilest offender who truly believes that moment from Jesus a pardon receives. Be saved, be set free of the shackles of sin and guilt and Satan, death and hell and world. To you this morning, Jesus says, look unto me and live. Not look unto yourselves and be miserable. That's all it does when you look unto yourselves. Look unto me and live. So look and live. And be not ashamed of the gospel. To you, Jesus says, rise up and walk. Look, live, rise up, walk. Go home, walking and leaping and praising God. For the gospel is the power of God. Next, the gospel is for everyone. Panty topistuanti, everyone who believes. Not believe, it's in the present tense to everyone who believes. Every son of Adam is born a sinner and practices sin. Jews, Gentiles are sinners, wise and foolish are sinners, men and women are sinners, masters and slaves are sinners, civilized and uncivilized are sinners, rich and poor are sinners. And we read. Chapter 3, verse 10, there is none righteous. None seeks God. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. All lack righteousness. God demands perfect obedience to God's law in its entirety all the time. God's wrath is being revealed against all ungodliness and against all unrighteousness of men. No self-help salvation avails man. But thank God there is gospel salvation. And it is for all people of the world. The gospel does not discriminate. Jeremiah Wright speaks about a... I don't know what he speaks. He's an anti-Semite. An anti-white. Anti-European. Anti-everything else. He should be ashamed of calling himself a minister. The gospel does not discriminate. So we read in John 3.16 For God so loved the world that gave, he gave his one and only son that what? Whosoever believes in him should not perish but have an everlasting life. 
In John 3, 14 and 15, we read, Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the desert, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that is crucified, that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. In Joel 2.32 we read, And everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved, sir. And this church itself is a demonstration of it. It is an international body of people. Revelation 22 and verse 17 says, Whoever is thirsty, let him come. Whoever wishes, let him come. Take the free gift of the water of life. It's for everyone. Jesus said, Matthew eleven twenty, Come unto me, all who are weary and burdened. That is of sin and guilt and judgment. And I will give you rest. Every vilest offender who truly believes that moment from Jesus a pardon receives. His blood can make the foulest clean. And his blood availed for me and it availed for you. Hallelujah. We call ourselves brethren. Because that's a biblical word. We all are brothers and sisters no matter what our background is. Let me tell you, generally speaking, it doesn't discriminate at all. But generally speaking, let me ask you, who responds to the gospel? Let me read to you. 1 Corinthians 1, beginning with verse 26. Brothers, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many influential, not many of noble birth, but notice. For whatever reason, God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. He chose the lowly things of this world and despised things. And then he says things that are not things. Zeros. And I qualify, sir. To nullify the things that are so that no one may boast before him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus said, blessed are the poor. Publicans and prostitutes are entering into the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. I say, gospel is for everyone. No one is superior to another before God. And we read Gentiles, no longer foreigners, and aliens, but fellow citizens with God's people, members of God's household. Through the gospel, the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel, members together of one body, and sharers together in the promise in Christ Jesus. No superiority, no inferiority. Jew and Gentile, we are all brothers. Let me read to you Galatians chapter if you can find it Galatians chapter 3 
And beginning with verse 26, you are all sons of God. Through faith in Christ Jesus, for all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male or female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Everyone, sir. Hallelujah. And this is the basis for world mission. And ye shall receive power after the, the Holy Ghost is come upon you. And you shall be my witnesses to the whole world. And Jesus said the same thing in Matthew 28. Go into all the world and make disciples of all nations. And we are told in Matthew 24, listen to Jesus. He says in Matthew 24, verse 14, And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come, sir. Basis, a world mission, is the gospel for everyone. Heavenly Father, we praise you and thank you for the gospel. Thank you for saving us. Powerful gospel. For everyone. Hallelujah. And you saved us. We praise you God. For saving us. From your wrath. From sin. From guilt. From Satan. From death. From hell. From the world. We have been set free. Lord we pray. Save those who are not saved. Because you are still in this business. And you save everyone who comes to you, who calls upon you. Grant faith that people who have heard me today, who are outside of Christ, may come and be united with Christ. And be saved. In Jesus name. Amen. You have been listening to Grace and Glory Audio. Part 2 of this message entitled. The Glory of the Gospel. Come back soon for more transforming Bible teaching from Pastor P.G. Matthew.